Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, and we hear from the Reverend Phil Burchard as he preaches from the lectionary, which this week was Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. There are many aspects about Christianity that make this an unusual faith tradition. One of them, just one of them, is uh, the ways that we have described this God-made human, Jesus the Christ. Because there isn't just one account, which you might expect. If you really want to drive your point home, you would have one account. But there are at least four of them that the church has ordered itself around. Mark's and Luke's and Matthew's and John's. And several more that proliferated in the decades following the life, death, and resurrection of the Anointed One. And while many of the stories and teachings in these accounts overlap, each of the Gospels describes Jesus differently. Sometimes slightly and sometimes significantly. And the detractors of Christianity over the centuries have seen this as a fatal flaw. A reason why this whole system of belief falls apart. For me, though, I find this to be just a fascinating facet. Something that has me wanting to know more about the community and the disciples who passed down this or that particular account, what they saw and heard and felt about the Christ that was essential for others to know. And so each account contains a tell about what Jesus was like for them. And in each account, we find that at the beginning of the gospel, in what action Jesus takes first. In this year of the cycle of readings, in many Christian traditions, including the Episcopal Church, we are centered on the gospel account according to Mark. Most scholars believe this to be the earliest account, and it's a story in which we encounter a Jesus who is urgently on the move. In this gospel, Jesus is a man of action. And so what we heard today, the gospel passage that Emily just proclaimed, is Mark's tell, his priorities. Because Jesus' first act tells us who he is and what he will speak and do in this world. And Jesus' first act in this synagogue in Capernaum is to cast out a demon. It's clear that Jesus understands that he has entered into a world filled with struggle, and he begins by teaching with authority and casting out a demon who has been oppressing someone. I don't think the people of Capernaum expected that. Because they're stunned. 
And they keep asking each other, what is this? A new authority, a new teaching with authority. And so in Jesus' first act, the very first thing he does is show his authority. I've been thinking a lot recently about authority, especially as we are gearing up for what will undoubtedly be called, once again, the most important election in our lifetime. (laughs) And most of the descriptions of authority that I have seen have been grounded in a coercive understanding of power. Now, some of you may have heard me say this before, but my favorite definition of authority is the power to create. Because authority shares roots with the word authorship, something you create in this world. And often we have a very narrow understanding of what authorship means. We often think about it just having to do with the written word, as in a poem or an essay or a play or a book. But what Jesus is doing in casting out this demon and teaching is authoring, creating a world or or giving witness to a world or revealing a world and a reality, the realm of God is made clear. Something new is happening here, but it's still something that is recognizable as being of God. Jesus' first action is to loose somebody from the bonds of an oppressive force that is binding them. And the people who witness this immediately recognize that this is the kind of world they want to live in. One where God's liberating love is palpable. It's no wonder that word of that authority spread for days and weeks and years. In fact, a couple decades later, the stories about Jesus and his authorship are continuing to be told. And one of the primary authors is someone who never met Jesus in bodily form yet could not stop telling the story. And that's Paul of Tarsus. And he wrote letters like the one we heard today to a nascent Christian community in Corinth, a city that is nowhere near the Galilee of Palestine where Jesus taught and lived with this authority. And Paul is writing to a Christian community that is struggling with one another, which is what some, many, all Christian communities, frankly, do. (laughs) It's what all human communities do. Seeing a Christian community in conflict is terribly ordinary. But being able to live through that conflict and find ways to continue to love each other, that is extraordinary. And it's what Paul is reorienting this community to do. 
And it's in the middle of this dispute about whether or not it's acceptable to eat the meat of the animals that were sacrificed in the temples to the Greek gods. And within that, Paul teaches the Corinthians and teaches us something essential. Paul writes, Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by God. This is the kind of authorship that Jesus showed. And what's remarkable about it is that this power, this creative force is not about knowledge, but love. I may not be able to understand something. I may not be able to understand or attain knowledge about history or scripture or theology, all wonderful things. But if it's about love, it's available to all. Anybody can choose to open themselves up to the capacious love of God in any situation, in any moment. This power, this creative, generative, liberative power is a force that we all can wield. And this kind of authority had me recollect a story this past week from about five years ago. Many of you know this story. Some of you are in this story. As part of our parish house accompaniment program, we had been accompanying people seeking asylum in this country, including someone who stayed next door here in our then parish house, an asylum seeker from Mongolia named Erkumbat. Erkenbach was due for yet another court hearing in San Francisco as part of the asylum-seeking process. And many people from All Souls went there to the courthouse to be present with him. And as he was leaving his hearing in the courthouse, out of nowhere, two ICE officers apprehended him, arrested him, and took him away. You can imagine how that felt. It was crushing. And most people would have understood if those accompanying Air Combat that day had turned back, unsure of what to do, or maybe unwilling to get caught up in the fray. Within minutes, though, a couple of quick-thinking All-Soulsians asked another security guard and were able to find out where Erkenbad had been taken, learned why he'd been arrested, a new ICE directive for increased bail had just passed thanks to a recent Supreme Court ruling. And on the spot, these folks raised a second bail amount. And with hours, within hours, a shaken Erkenbach was released once more and brought back to the All Souls Parish House. Now I want to be very clear. These All Soulsians did not reform our unjust and sclerotic American immigration system. Our Congress still has not been able to do that. 
But their sacrificial love and action created a way forward that freed someone from the forces that were designed to keep him bound. Folks, 2,000 years later, these forces still exist. And 2,000 years later, authority of our love can serve as an icon of another way of living. Some days it feels like we are surrounded by forces that seek to alienate and isolate and divide. Conflict is escalating across the Middle East as the war in Gaza continues to rage and destroy, and that conflict is being keenly felt here in our schools, in our city council chambers. Recent weeks have seen airstrikes from Iran to Pakistan and Pakistan to Iran. The Houthis in Yemen have been attacking merchant vessels. The misery of the war in Ukraine continues on and on, and North Korea is threatening in ways that have not been seen in decades. And in this country, words being used as part of Donald Trump's candidacy are alarming, sometimes terrifying. It feels as if the worlds of alienation and division and destruction are are pressing in all around us, which is not unlike a world that Jesus entered into and then broke open by teaching and acting with the liberating authority of God. If the front page of our newspapers is any indicator, in the year to come, there will be no shortage of opportunities For us to act with the authority of Jesus. To help author, witness, give birth to the realm of God around and within. My prayer for this next year of life, as all souls perish, is that we take heart. Together, that we become authors. Authors fluent and free in the life-giving, liberating ways of love.